Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That episode. I'm Victoria. And I'm Trevor. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 15 of Glee, titled Sexy, which aired on March 8th, 2011. Wow. This episode was so good. 2011. Oh, it's literally over 10 years ago. (laughs) Don't even... (laughs) Why would you say that to me? (laughs) I... Every time we, like... I, like, look up where when the episodes aired, like, we were just talking about this before we started recording, it, like, rots my brain. <laughs> oh, my God. And and this episode, this episode, this episode. This episode felt especially high school. It did. If you know, if, like, if that makes sense. It just... Like, the drama is very high school. The clubs and the extracurriculars are, like, extra school. Like, the sex ed is very high school. Like Very that. And, like, because there are episodes that just feel like they're set in a high school. And, like, the high school secondary and, like, whatever. This felt like a high school episode of TV. Like, a very special episode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I I I really like this episode. It's one that I kind of forgot. For the most part, other than, like, a couple of the hits. hmm But this is one of your favorites. Yeah, so this is probably... Honestly, I probably should have chosen this as my first favorite episode. But <laughs> Born This Way is just slightly better, Icon. slightly elevated. Like, it's the one. It is. It is that episode. Yeah, I think... So. For me, I agree. I, would, I, I think I would prefer Born This Way over this episode, but I do really enjoy a lot of moments in this episode. And again, another... Kurt and Santana heavy episode. I, I'm sensing a trend. I can't imagine what it I is. I know. I wonder what that trend is. Um, yeah, but this episode was very transformative to me to just see a girl telling another girl, like, actually, I'm in love with you. And I have been for some mm. time. And I've kind of been lying about it because I've been scared what other people are going to think. And this literally aired on on regular ass TV. Like my grandma was watching this show yeah. at one point because I talked about it so fucking much. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's huge. It's humongous. And the scene of Bert talking to Kurt about gay sex. Like, no, we just kind of need uh, to get into it because this episode we, has so much. Let's get into yeah. it. Let's get into it. It's There's so yeah. much. It's so it's good. It's so good. Okay. First off, boo. <laughs> boo, celibacy club. Boo. This sucked. Anti-celibacy club. It's literally the most boring club members, too, is Rachel, Quinn, and Emma as a club. Like, imagine joining that club. Like, <laughs> imagine, like... The amount of neuroses in that one I know. Room, it's so scary. Like, the three of, the three most uptight people on this show in one room. Right. Like... It's so scary. Y'all do not need a club. Y'all need to be far away from no. each other, please. <laughs> I... Ugh. Rachel wants to know about Quinn and Finn and whether they had sex, but Quinn won't say. Yeah, it's like... Rachel has no boundaries. <laughs> In a way that a lot of the times I do find funny and, like, endearing. This, I was like, get over it. Stop being a weirdo. Like, you're being creepy. Now, I forget. Were Finchel and Item already by this point or no? They had been, I think. And then they broke up? Because weren't they... 
Yeah, I think so. If I remember correctly, I don't know for sure. Yeah, because they're together in duets. They're together at the beginning of season two. Okay, so that's why I remember, I feel like I remember being kind of shocked at the end of this episode when it was revealed that Quinn and Finn were making out, but I couldn't remember why I felt so shocked. And then I remember, I feel like I vaguely remember being like, wait, is Finn cheating on Rachel? But I feel like I would have remembered that, so... No, he wasn't cheating. They definitely broke up. I don't remember the exact reason because, like, I fully just block out Finchel whenever I can. But they were together at the beginning of the season, and then they do break up at some point in the middle, and he gets secretly back together with Quinn for whatever reason. I don't know on his part. Because Rachel calls Finn kryptonite. She says, Finn is kryptonite, and I need to focus on my songs for nationals or whatever. And that's why she joined Celibacy Club. Jail. Jail to her songwriting. Um, and also Quinn is using Finn for the prom queen and king storyline. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. like, whatever, that's a whole other thing that we will talk about eventually. (laughs) She's so damn boring. She's, yeah, Um, she's like very boring in this episode. I think she's barely in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Emma is terrified of the hose monster. (laughs) What? Bro. (laughs) Hose monster? Are you, that, I was like, put her in jail. No, literally, because... It's so weird. Emma sucks in this episode. I have this note way later, but I'm just going to ask now, why is she so scared of sex? I don't get I it. I don't know. Like, did, I don't know. Did, was this revealed? I, I, like, I'm sure someone will tell us. One of our friends will text us that it was revealed at one point. I don't remember okay. at all why she's so... I, I don't know if it's, because like, OCD related mm-hmm. or, like, because it's, like quote-unquote gross or like whatever i don't remember the exact reasons but it's just like it's really it's annoying the storyline of of her being so prudish and i'm sure there's like a bigger reason for them to like have her be like this like whatever but i don't care it's so boring it's yeah just not interesting to watch and then to have someone like holly holiday show up it's a breath of fresh air. Like watching Holly. Holly Holiday. I love her so much. I- <laughs> One of my favorite characters, I think. I think she's my favorite, like, guest character. I love her as a side character. This is Gwyneth Paltrow's best contribution to society <laughs> so far. It's Holly Holiday. <laughs> yeah, I'll respect that. I respect... I. She's just so much fun to watch, and she's so quippy, and... Yeah, she's a really fun character, especially as a foil to Emma in this episode. Yeah. It's really... I, I really enjoy her. I really enjoy her, too. And I think that she and Will have way better character than yeah. Will and Emma. I'm just going to say it. Will and Holly's chemistry is, like, I get it. Like, it's it's palpable. I see it. I, like, I will get eventually to, like, the performance that they do together. But I was like, oh, I kind of think he's sexy when he's with her. Like, he's, like, sexy. Mm-hmm. Like, she brings out the sexual side of him. Yes. And, like, I'm like, oh, he looks like, he looks sexy when he's dancing with her and looking at her. I'm like, oh, he's, like, Matthew Morrison, again, is doing a good job with this character. Like, however you feel about him, whatever, but he does a good job when he's supposed to. But, yeah, like, Emma's so boring. Abstinence is boring. The storyline is boring. (laughs) I do like the clip on nipple race joke. I do like that. Yes, I do like that. That got me together. (laughs) I really hate the writers on this show sometimes. They are so fucking extra and so tacky. Like I love it. It's like, <laughs> I know gays were involved. Like, it's, you hear it and you're like, gay. Gay, I know. A gay right. wrote that joke. 
So, yeah. So, Will and Emma are in the lunchroom. Emma's talking about how she feels like the club is kind of failing or, like, not doing as well. And Will's talking about how he feels like he needs to talk to the Glee Club about it. And right at that moment (laughs) is when Holly walks in and says that she is substituting because one of the teachers has a mad case of the herp. (laughs) <laughs> and then she like again the whole i'm just laughing the whole time she's on screen i, know. I cannot help it she's just so funny and then she says yikers which is the first usage of the word yikers that i can recall and once i heard it i never looked back yikers is one of my favorite words yeah it's integral it is but will forgetting emma's name got me together i laughed i laughed i was like me too bitch if gwen paltrow walks in the room i'm forgetting my name are you kidding me? <laughs> and she looks really freaking good in this scene. Like, she is way hotter and funnier than Emma by a long shot. She looks so hot in this episode. She does. And, like, I get, I know that's the point, but, like, holy shit. Yeah. All right. So then she's talking about how 90 high school girls got pregnant in three months. And then she says, I mean, it is Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like... They're so on it with her. It's very, like... Yeah. They're giving her Santana treatment. A little bit. Like, with the quips and the one-liners. Like, Sue, Santana, Holly, all very much have a similar cadence and, like, quickness about them. Which is nice. It's nice to see. It's fun. With Santana, you can totally feel that it's, like, harsh, though. It's, like, much more of, like, a defense mechanism. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism for Santana, where for Sue and Holly, it's almost, like, just aspects of their personality. That's how they are. Just how they talk. Yeah. Like, Sue has... With Sue, there's malice every now and again. Yeah. But, like, not generally. She's just kind of weird. Like, her disposition is odd. Where Holly's just a good time gal. Yeah. All right. So then she says, information is power. And honestly, I have to comment on this episode really quick that like this episode is so monumental, but also like so meta. Yeah. Like some schools don't even have sex eds. And then the one that usually do are like very heteronormative, very corny and awkward. Exactly how they depict in this episode, like cucumber with the condom on it. But then the writing makes it funny. Yeah. It's like endearing. It's nice. It's charming. Yeah. Yeah. It's charming, but then later on in the scene where Blaine visits Bert, and then it gets very serious in tone when when he's explaining that Kurt hasn't received sex ed and that most queer kids don't. It's like kudos it's to really, these yeah. writers for making an episode about this and like actually addressing this shit. Like it doesn't usually get addressed. Yeah, especially like the queer sex ed aspect. I wish they did delve deeper because it's nice to see Blaine and Kurt talking about it and everything like that. I would have enjoyed seeing. Santana gets some sort of like queer sex ed or like it got brought up to her a little bit like Holly and her have some sort of conversation about it of like especially because Holly gets brought in on her feelings about Brittany and like their relationship and everything and there's a really good great scenes between the three of them it would have been nice for her to be like hey like here's how you could be protecting yourself too like in a funny way obviously like she does with everything else but it would have been nice to have her have kind of sit down and be like you can protect yourself as well like have that similar Bert and Kurt conversation with Santana. Right. I would have liked to see that, but there's so much Santana stuff already in this episode. I can understand why they had to pick kind of the important stuff for character at that point. I feel like Santana's sexual knowledge um, is parallel to how Blaine says he kind of just 
discovered it for himself on the internet because it's kind of unspoken that like oh totally i mean we do discover later on that santana's family is not supportive so there's just no way that she could have gotten it from her yeah. family the way kurt does but it, it is it would have been nice to be able to at least see her like struggle or yeah. grapple with that especially since the conversation that's being had in the school is literally sex for everyone exactly but, like at the same time like you think about it and you're just like she's already having sex and she's having a lot of sex yeah, and remember how we talked about how, like... They mentioned scissoring. Yeah, they mentioned scissoring. and But what I was going to say is, remember how when we find out that Blaine, like, learned about sex ed and, like, yeah. Kurt didn't? And, and I had said, like, okay, somebody who, like, does that much research, it kind of makes you feel like maybe they already In are some way. active or, like, are going yeah. to be very soon. I feel like the flip side of that is, like, Santana probably did her research or... Learned through us, like, just by doing. Yeah, yeah no, I, to- I I get that. I don't know. I just... It would have been nice, even, like, a throwaway in exchange of just, like, Holly being like, hey, like, you could... Here's what you could do if you're going to be having lesbian sex or whatever, like, sex with women, whatever it may be. And Santana be like, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Even something, just, like, one right. line where she's yeah. like... Well, she does say... It's not cheating because yeah. plumbing is different. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I loved it. I, I just, oh, she's great. But yes, it's 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 a good episode for a lot of reasons. And like, it's, it is really nice to see these conversations being had on like, at this point, a really big show. Yeah. All right. So Finn thinks that cucumbers can give you AIDS. Mercedes Ugh. is like, seriously, because I just had them on my salad. <laughs> That's enough out of them. It's so stupid. It's, I would like rolled my eyes into oblivion when they did that i was like god but kids are stupid yeah this episode is supposed to show like how stupid high school kids can be and like not all of them right because we do get that really awesome scene that i keep coming back to of blaine being like i did this research for myself and i know what i'm talking about and i know what i know but like your son doesn't it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show god me too i i'm like so excited to talk about it all right so emma's being really conservative and annoying Mm. And then Holly says that she's going to have crazy sex because I'm crazy (laughs) informed about it. (laughs) And Will like starts laughing kind of uncomfortably. It was, it was. Yeah. He's so, so horny for her. He is. And I get it. She's gorgeous. I get it. Whatever. She's just so fucking funny. Yeah, she is. Then we get our first Hurt Locker scene, which is mm-hmm. back on the Tumblr days. Britannia scenes in this episode were referred to as Hurt Locker scenes, but I'm not sure if it's because Santana gets hurt in them or because fans were hurt by them or both, but that's what we used to call them. Yeah. And I know that eventually in the sixth season, they have episodes titled Hurt Locker. Yeah. Which is just like very funny. And I think one of them is the second episode, the second Hurt Locker episode, because it's a two parter, is. Blaine and Kirk getting back together. Oh. So, yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember. I am not well versed in season six, mm-hmm. but like, I know the Clane stuff. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that is locked up here like a steel trap. Yeah, you can't forget that. That's your faves. Um, And then, so Santana's outfit is iconic, and then Brittany's hair and her hoops. Like, they just look so gay in this scene. But yeah, they look so hot. They look hot. And then, um, Santana's like, let's get our cuddles on. And Brittany's like, let's get our sweet lady kisses on. Like, can y'all just say sex? I don't get Yeah, it's a lot of, like, <laughs> weird infantilizing talking. Euphemisms. Yeah, a lot of euphemisms. And I'm like, you already said scissoring. Or, like, you're gonna say, si-. like, scissoring is on the table here. Just say it. <laughs> and then I, I really was 
like the scene sequence of everyone finding out that Britney is like quote unquote is pregnant so good. was really good. And it reminds me of that phone yeah. call scene that they have in season one. Yeah, it's like the same vibe. It's so funny. Oh my god, it's same vibe. Yeah, it's really funny because it's like that's how news travels in high school too it's like yeah like immediately between classes and then you go back out and you're just like whoa what it happened it's very reminiscent of greece when everyone finds out rizzo's pregnant oh my god oh my god you are shitting me because i literally have a note about that later on but it's about kinicky <laughs> it's a, a hickey from a kinicky I can't believe you fucking said that. I said, this is why we needed to have a podcast together because I literally have a note that later on is going to shock you. Full circle. Full circle. Okay. So moving on, the little piano in the background of every single scene that is serious and then happening to show up in this scene, which made us think it was real. Mm-hmm. Like they played that little piano background sound that they usually play like during- Like the crazy Quinn music. Right. And everybody's like, wait, it's real. It's real. And then like, no, I can't remember watching this live, but like, I feel like I was probably shocked for a moment. I think I was probably too. Yeah. And then we see Rachel's confused look when Brittany is talking about how the stork is dropping her baby off. <laughs> um, oh my fucking God. <laughs> so everyone's stupid. faces in this scene were our first hint that this isn't real because Mercedes closes her eyes and is like, this girl cannot be serious. It, like it was really funny. A lot of good Mercedes face moments in this. She doesn't really do anything in this episode, but she's like good background in this episode. Yep. And then Will and Holly are in jazzercise. (laughs) And she's like, ah, grease it, baby. Yeah. And it's like all old people and Will. I mean, and like, again, she looks so hot. She does. But I'm also glad that Will was like, these kids need sex education. Like they are truly aimless. Right. And he, like, outsourced it. He was like... Like, this is his one good moment. Yeah, he has a good... This is him being a good teacher and mentor to these students of being like, oh, you are truly unaware of the world around you. Like, we need someone who can actually teach you these things and, like, help you. And then he brings in Holly, which is really good. And I'm, I'm glad that he does that. And, like, it's a nice character moment. Right. And she's like, speaking of STDs, how's your dating life? so fucking rude it's so rude oh my god so then we cut back to glee club and santana is in her iconic purple leopard print jacket yes this is one of my favorite outfits by her so good she already looks like she lives in new york she does she behaves like it too yeah i love it i love her in this I love her so much in this scene. <laughs> and then she says about Rachel, about Rachel's tights, um, <laughs> that they don't stand a chance to win because Rachel's tights are so ugly. She's right and she should say it, honestly. Like, who the hell wears bright white tights? Yeah, it's like, I don't understand, like, the narrative choices of them. I guess with this episode, they're trying to paint her as, like, really prudish and all that. So, like, I can understand that. But I think she dresses more... I think she dresses better when she's with Finn. Mm-hmm. She seems like a more confident character when she's with Finn. And that sucks so bad, though. That fucking sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But, like, because when she's not with him, she's so she dresses so much dowdier and, like, matronly a lot of the time and, like, chaste. It's so weird. You know what I mean? Because even in duets, she's like, looks cute. Like, her outfits are cute. It's very weird to think about. Yeah, it is weird to think about. It's like, wait, so the only time she can have like an iota of sexual energy is when she's with Finn. And then other than that, she's like, yeah, so prudish. And and eventually that does change when she's like in New York and all that stuff. And like, she's like really dressing. Right. 
But, yeah, I don't know. I guess in the first couple seasons, she's, like, the first two, I think, for me, I kind of noticed that she dresses a little bit more, like, matronly and prudish when she's not with him. I don't know why. Maybe it's wrong, but either way. No, I think you're right. Well, good. All right, and then Blank looks on Finn and Puck's face when Mr. Shu is saying that they don't have the first clue about sex. <laughs> like, it, just the pan across the classroom and them demonstrating, like, how each of them are reacting to the conversation. Like, Santana <laughs> looks weirdly annoyed, and then... She's like, I could teach she's this She's like, class. why the fuck am I here right now? Finn and Puck look completely blank. Yeah. Nothing is registering. No one's home. No one's home. And then Brittany and Mercedes start giggling and laughing. Like, it's so on point to their characters for it each really of them. It really is. And then you have that, <laughs> Holly has that nice line where she's like, didn't you think you got your girlfriend pregnant by sitting in a hot tub together? <laughs> and he goes, I have always been dubious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a good line for him. It was. It really was. Um, and then Rachel asks about celibacy. Quinn taps Rachel on the shoulder when Rachel asks about celibacy. And I swear on my life, the Faberi fandom were losing their mind over that single touch. Y'all were so fucking desperate for like any single tiny touch or moment between these two characters. It's like kind of embarrassing. I won't say it isn't embarrassing because it is. Y'all were so desperate. But like, it's also my truth. She barely touches <laughs> her shoulder. But again, but then we get our intimacy, baby. Eventually, she does push her away, though, which is funny. <laughs> In the performance, she fully pushes Rachel away from her, which I love. She's like, please stop. I love it. I just like that she's mean to her. I think that's why I think it's fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Gwen singing Joan Jett was not the worst music choice Glee has ever made, to be honest. Like, she's hot. And this is kind of a good No, I really like it. It's a... Fu- it's a she's, sex- she's just sexy enough without being uncomfortable that she's in a mm-hmm. high school doing this <laughs> like it's just almost crossing a line yeah but it's just a very fun performance and it's nice to see all of the kids having really fun like a lot of fun singing along yeah. dancing with her and like really getting into the performance and just like having a really good time it kind of reminds me it's different because it's not like an actual but when they do hate on me oh yeah hate on me hate yeah and it's just all of them like having yes. fun in the choir room and like they're all giggling and laughing and it's just like if they feel like kids yep they feel like kids in this and just are having a good time and like letting it all out yeah so yeah it's, i really like this performance me too Mr. Shu should not be in this room. No. Mr. Shu should be in jail. Yeah. And then Brittany and Santana look so cute together. I fucking died. Hell yeah, they do. <laughs> Brittana Shippers yeah. ate with this episode. <laughs> they ate this whole season. The like, whole we season. we really did. We really did. Okay, so the whole song and, like, Shu's just standing there and, like, sitting there and, like, acting like a stupid ass. Um, <laughs> He's also so horny for Holly. Yeah, he is. He's like, oh my god. I'm like, I, me, like, me too. I get it. But also, I'm not a teacher. Right. So, get it together, Diva. So then she's like, the moral of the story is that, like, just remember when you have sex, you're having sex with everyone they've had sex with, and everybody's got a random. <laughs> okay. She's, she's right. She's, she's like, right. be smart. Yeah, be smart. Oh, also, before the performance, when she says that sex is just like hugging, only wetter. Oh, yeah. And then Artie's like, yeah, it is. Wait, who says that? Artie? <laughs> it's Artie. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's kind of right, and she's kind of right. 
I yeah, it's just a really fun scene altogether. It is. Like it's nice that they're starting this conversation that's very serious in a really fun way to get the kids engaged. Yep. Agreed. And then we cut to the lima beans. So Kurt asks Blaine if the warblers should do a Joan armatrading medley. And Blaine says people don't know who that is. But excuse me. Excuse me. Yes, we do. Um, Excuse me. Yes, we do. One of her songs was used as a backtrack on my favorite episode of The L Word where Bet and Tina get back together in season five. Okay, icon. We know who the fuck Joan armatrading is. That's what I'm saying. Kurt is online. Kurt knows the divas. Like he is in. He's may not know anything about sex, but he knows queer culture. He does. He does, and not just it's like so gay male culture, but like all of no. queer culture. Like everything. He's in he's it. In he's it. in it deep. Yep. So fucking funny. I love him. And then Blaine, Blaine just being like, no. <laughs> he's like he's like get a grip okay like Blaine's we, like we no like win. some of us are just mainstream we don't none all of us are watching these lesbian shows that you're trying to get us to watch he's like some of us are top 40 only baby yeah um and that's why that's my man oh please you are so entrenched in queer culture you're more like kurt than Blaine. that's no, true i know but like I, I just love blaine i just love him so much i'm like i want to be you I oh love my that God. man. He's but no, yeah, I'm definitely, friend. I'm more of a Kurt than a Blaine. I know that, unfortunately. But <laughs> Sue just appearing, so Sue scary. Appearing like Michael Myers. Sue jump scare. Sue jump scare, porcelain. She's like, I like my enemas piping hot. Call back to oh. the pilot where she said she liked her latte milk scalding. <laughs> I'm like, not a coffee enema. What is this? Sue's, Sue's digestive tract is nightmarish, I'm sure. Sue making her coffee is so scary. When she threw the sugar packets into the cup and then poured liquid sugar and liquid Splenda on top. Uh, Like, I've met this person. um, I know her. Seek help. (laughs) Seek help. That's all I could say. Seek help. Also, maybe prison. Right. Possibly go to prison. Possibly go to prison and stay there, please. All I'll say is Blaine looked so cute in this scene. And that's that on that. That's my, that's the king. That's the king. And she's like, so what do you have for me? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sorry, coach, but you and I are not in cahoots. I literally <laughs> died laughing. That was such a funny line. And for what? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and she's so <laughs> taken aback by that. She just assumed she's that like, they were probably like, should have nailed that down earlier. All right. <laughs> she's so stupid. Like, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're grown. <laughs> You should know better. Yeah, I really... This scene was very funny. Like, you are public enemy number one. Yeah, you, like, literally call him porcelain. <laughs> like, you're not buddies. Um, Very funny scene. And then I forget about the scene with Emma. Like, what is her freaking problem? What is her problem? I need somebody to at us on Twitter or go in our Insta comments and tell us why is this woman scared of sex? I can't do it. Yeah, are there any Emma stands who listen? If so, one, get a grip. <laughs> Two, <laughs> please, like, let us know why and also what is her problem. Yeah. What is her problem specifically in this episode with sex? Literally, because it's not clear and it could be our stupid ass faults because we're not doing actual rewatches. <laughs> we're just talking about our favorite episodes. But part of that is we haven't watched this in like a, long a good five years. Time. So I don't fucking remember what this bitch's problem is. I don't about. remember her problem. I don't think I want to. But also later in the episode, no. like 
when, for some reason, Holly is doing, like, couples counseling for her and Carl, basically, Emma admits she still has feelings for Will, so, like, maybe that's why she's not having sex with Carl, because she, like, wants to have sex with Will still, but, like, right. you're married to this man. Like, you need to move past it. It's very weird. She never should have married him. No, although he is so sexy. He's more attractive than Will. Yeah. I'd fuck him down. Even with his fucked up belly button? I don't need to look at that. I can ignore that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Thank you. All right. So then we get the start of the disgusting Puck Lauren storyline, which I don't even think we should give these scenes any airtime on the pod. I don't want to talk about it. All I'll say, like, the couple things I'll say is Holly's really good talking to the kids about being smarter about their sex lives. And specifically in the Lauren and Puck scenes, like, she when she tells them to stop. Um, Lauren is really funny. She's so funny all the time. She's a great character. It sucks that all of her scenes are paired with Puck. Mm-hmm. For the most part, because I just don't want to... I just don't want to talk about it. And especially this episode, it is so uncomfortable, the storyline of this episode, given really the context is. of Mark Sailing's, like, actual life. Like, I just... It's not fun. It's not fun to talk about. Yeah. It's not. And the only thing I want to say is that we do not support Mark Sailing on this podcast. So At all. Ever. Yeah. Ugh, this is not... Ever. A, mm-mm, no. Ugh. Yeah. But anyway, warblers. Anyway, so we move on. And we're supposed to believe that the girlies from the Dalton Academy's all-girls sister school are supposedly straight. Um, Because, like... Please, bestie. Tell me how... Gay. And, like, please... No, like, tell me how there's an all-girls school and these girls are supposedly straight. Like... Mm-mm. 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 Um, no. Okay. They are not. Um, no. Darren Chris. His line delivery of sexy is so gay. <laughs> he's just as... He's so... Like, I know as a culture, we get mad at straight men for playing gay. I think my caveats for letting straight men play gay characters are Darren Chris and Stanley Tucci. Mine are too, for sure. Especially Stanley Tucci. They just do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a caricature. It feels like... They're playing it genuine. Like, I don't, I don't know. The two gayish, my two favorite stragets. <laughs> Darren, Chris, and Stanley Tucci. Okay. Those are the ones. When we make it big and people start begging us for merch, we are putting stragets <laughs> on a sweatshirt. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I just like, Darren, Chris is really good at playing gay in a way that I, I, I yeah, it's very convincing. I like it. I think it's okay when he does it. He, he gets my pass. Yeah, he gets a pass for sure. All right. Um, acapella isn't sexy. Acapella isn't sexy, but this is one of my favorite Warbler performances, except for Kurt's dancing and his toothless mouth. Without him, the performance would be much better. See, I feel the exact opposite way. This might be one of my least favorite Warbler's performances. That's fine, because last week you really loved that boring-ass Colby Cole song, so we're tied now. And I... I yeah, exactly. We're, we've evened yeah. out. Um, but... I think I really, I think my biggest issue with it, because I think the scene is very cute. I like, like, the fault, like, the soapy fault, whatever. Like, all everyone looks like they're having a really fun time, and I really like this song. I don't like the production on their voices. Yeah, Kurt's voice sounded so- kind of weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they both had, like, a little auto-tune on it that was yeah. noticeable in a way where I was like, these two aren't, these aren't actors who need you to do that to their voice maybe it's like an artistic choice because the type of song they're singing but yeah i just like i didn't like it i think that's my issue with this performance 
Yeah, their voices sounded kind of warped, and at first I thought it was just my TV, so I was going to ask if you heard no. it too, but like, other than that... No, yeah, it's definitely like, it's a good performance. I wonder if we could hear it on the actual cast recording. Ooh, maybe. I didn't listen to the, I didn't listen outside of watching it, but I don't remember, maybe, I, I mean, I'd hope, because it's just, it feels, it sounds very weird in the episode, in a way that is, like, distracting from an otherwise cute performance. Right. But yeah, Kurt is very uncomfortable to watch in this scene. Yeah, he is. And then it's weird because the two girls who give Blaine their numbers afterwards literally look gay. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those, maybe they're like, I don't know that I'm gay yet type deals. You know what I mean? Like, Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Blaine thought he was bi for an episode, so, like, it could happen to the best of us. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right. And then he literally says that Kurt looked like he was going through gas pain. I, okay. I I got secondhand embarrassment. If I was Kurt, I would have gotten up and left the room, I think. I was, like, covering my eyes as if I was watching a horror movie. Like, imagine the guy that you think is really hot says that to you. My note about that, and I will read it verbatim. I just know it's going to be dramatic as fuck. Fuck, here we go. Go ahead. If Blaine said my sexy face looked like gas pain, I would kill myself. Oh my god. That would be it. I'm like, oh, so I have to die now. Like, what? I would be devastated. There's no coming back from that. Devastated. And the fact that they literally have a relationship and fuck after that, Uh, they end up together. Well, hopefully those pamphlets help because he needs it. I'm not even saying about that. I'm just saying, like, imagine somebody insults you to that degree. (laughs) I would be humiliated. I could never face that person again. That would be in the back of my mind every time we fucked. And I would never (laughs) let them forget that they said that to me. I would bring it up every fucking time. Every time. Without fail. I would say, remember when you said that to me? Remember when you embarrassed me publicly? Literally. You embarrassed me in front of cute girls. Do you know how rude that is? But he was so right Two about... Two possible lesbians. He said, he's right, but I, he shouldn't say it. Yeah, he was so he's right rude. about... <laughs> My God. I'm like embarrassed. I'm embarrassed right now. Like, I cringed so hard. And then like... <laughs> Kurt was kind of right when he said that he was as sexy as a baby penguin, because I... (laughs) He is. It's sad. Oh, my God. Kurt is sexy like Liza Minnelli is now. (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) We're going to get hate mail for this episode, I think. I'm right. You can hate all you want. I'm right. You put them side to side, that's the... They have the same sexy... All right, so moving on to this really amazing scene between Santana and Brittany where Santana's doing Brittany's hair and then Brittany basically says, like, I love when we have sex. And Santana's like, yeah, and it's not cheating because why? And Brittany's (laughs) like, because the plumbing's different. And this line had Britannia shippers in a chokehold for the longest time. And I think yeah. that like, somebody literally had like different plumbing as their URL or like something with plumbing in their URL. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. funny. That's really good, actually. Yeah. I really like that. Santana's being so avoidant. So sad. Like, I think it's better when it doesn't involve eye contact. Girly. Now, this is... Bro, that's how I got through college. Stop. <laughs> like, fully. I was like, oh, me too, Santana. I get it. We've all been there. And she looks so gay, and her room looks so gay. So gay. The Annie DeFranco line. You know how gay people have messy rooms? Um, I rebuke that. I never. You can't rebuke it, because I think I've seen you have a messy room before. How dare you? How dare you? I have seen it. Where's your proof? Where's your fucking proof? 
Um, I'm sure I have a picture tumbling around on my iCloud account, but... (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't count. That probably doesn't count because I think that was after senior show, possibly, and I was in a state. Okay, fair enough. I was not... I was not at home in myself that night. Fine, we don't count that. We can't count that. (laughs) Yeah, both of our spirits left our bodies that night. We drank too fucking much with your uncle and your mom and your dad, and... (laughs) (laughs) I've never in my life... Have I felt like that? And I hope I never feel like that again. Why Why did we drink so much right before graduation? And I think, who the hell was it that told us? Because we weren't paying for any of it. I think it was Karen or somebody that literally looked us both dead on in the, in the <laughs> eyes and said, I know you two are about to get up to mischief. Do not drink too much. Tomorrow is graduation. And we were like, uh-huh, 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 yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, totally. I don't really drink at all. And then I was like borderline blackout and then threw up all over my room. Like, ugh, that night. <laughs> it was bad it was that was a bad night that the darkest and we walked home i had blisters on my feet why the fuck did we walk home when it was literally like i have videos of us walking home no me too and i literally called bernie on the phone like completely shit faced and i was like so i'm graduating like that's so cute though i know i cried that night so who didn't cry that night we felt like our lives were over pretty much imagine that was it oh my god <laughs> that'd be so fucked up i know all right. Um, the Annie DeFranco line made me laugh so hard I almost peed my pants. I know. So funny. They asked Holly <laughs> for help with deciphering their relationship. And it's like, you guys don't even need this yeah. help. Like, you know what's going on. Santana says yeah. she had a sex dream about a shrub in the shape of a person. And it's like, maybe you're pansexual. <laughs> I don't know. And, and then Holly says that she went to an all-girls college where the only industry in her town was manufacturing softball equipment and that she still gets a little tingle when she hears Ani DeFranco. I hate this fucking Fuck, show. Dude. I hate this it's fucking so show. Fucking speci- it's so specific in a way it, that is alarming. It really is. I was like, damn, she got me together. Right? And then Santana's like, I have the perfect song. And then it's literally Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. I... She's right. Like, it is the perfect song, but, like... She's right, but she... Again, she shouldn't say it. I'm not emotionally prepared. Right? And then we get this amazing scene with Blaine and Kurt, where Blaine is such a good friend and Blaine is such and, like, a good... Like... Everything. Such a good person to have in your corner. This is a good first boyfriend material. Yeah, he's so... He just wants the best for Kurt, even when Kurt doesn't know that he needs that. Right? Like, Kurt is... Blaine is so in his corner regardless of anything and like i know that like there are a there's a there was a larger issue in the fandom of them de-aging blaine later on to keep him in the school right and i agree with that that like they shouldn't have done that because it was nice to have kurt have someone to look up to that like knew and had been there and like yeah was only a year older but that year between the two of them is like there's a lot of growth there and a lot of experience that Kurt can benefit from. Yeah. So I think de-aging him really takes away from that kind of relationship that they started out with. And it is kind of, it is unfortunate that they did that because it's just like, it's a bummer because Blaine was such a, yeah, like a role model and like had the steps, had the path for Kurt to follow and was trying to help him out from the beginning of being like, you need to educate yourself about sex. Like you need to be brave. You need to do this. Like I've made the mistakes. Here's how you cannot have to make them. So then to DH him, it kind of like, I don't know, it Took kind of bums me that. out because it's like, it take, yeah, it takes away from that and that all that character development and like relationship development they have because it's like, I don't know, uh, that's just me though. And like, I know the fandom at large had like a, a big issue with that too, understandably, 
But I mean, it's still really nice to see Kurt have this friend just like so hardcore in his corner. And then eventually right. his boyfriend be so supportive and be like, just a really nice relationship. I loved when I loved when Blaine was like, well, I'll tell you everything I know. He's like, well, let's have a conversation about it. I'll help tell yeah. you everything I know. I thought that was so genuine and just so sweet. Like, he's just such a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, it's like, very look. sweet. Yeah. He's like, we could just talk. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be anything else. It doesn't have to be anything uncomfortable. Like, we could just talk. And then even when Kurt, like, snaps at him a little bit and is like, I want you to leave. And Kurt is just, like, very uncomfortable. Blaine doesn't get mad or anything like that. He's like, totally understands where he's coming from. It's, again, he feels very mature for his age, which is... Re- to then have him be younger makes less sense in a lot of ways. But right. it's nice that he was he respected Kurt's boundaries to right. an extent and mm-hmm. was like, fine, we don't have to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. You will have this conversation, just not with me. Or like, if because, it like, is I with know me, you like, need not to. right now, clearly you're in a uncomfortable... Yeah. Like, clearly you're not in the state of mind. And I just thought... One more note on this scene is that I really loved when they were like rehearsing the different faces. Like, give me sensual... Yeah. And Kurt's like, none of them are working because the face I'm actually doing is uncomfortable. Like, I thought that was such great writing for him because definitely like... He knows. Yeah. He's so self-aware of how his feelings are. And again, it's like, that's just being a queer person growing up, not being able to be yourself. Like, you're hyper aware of your feelings and how you're expressing them. So, like, obviously he knows he's so uncomfortable. And like, self-conscious about like your abilities and what and your knowledge. Exactly. If he were in New York or, like, in another major city, then maybe he would have learned about it much younger or much more quickly or had better access to that kind of information. But his only lifeline is literally the Warblers and Blaine. And, like, he doesn't even have, like... (sighs) And he only just met Blaine recently. Like, they haven't been friends very long. And, obviously, he has a crush on Blaine. So, that's adding to the being uncomfortable aspect of it because he's like, I don't want to talk about how unsexy I am with the person who I am into yeah right i don't want it to feel like you're taking pity on me or teaching me something because you feel like you have to i like i think that's probably his mindset too in this he's like i want to be your equal and clearly i'm not so just go like i'm embarrassed exactly but yeah it's it's a good scene either way all right so then we get kiss as a tango which is will's idea of sexy and prince literally rolled over in his grave after hearing shu and holly butcher this masterpiece of a song but they both look really good they look really good. They sound really bad. Mm-hmm. I hate how he sounds Yeah, here. me too. But I do ship them. She sounds fine. I do too. Absolutely. Holly is funny and hot. She's the best match for him, I think. Yeah. I think she's a really good, like, personality to match him with because she's strong. She, like, she has a strong enough personality that can go at him, but, like, they don't bulldoze each other. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's very equal. Where I feel like a lot of the time with him and Emma, it's him leading it and her just kind of going along and it feels very passive, her part of the relationship, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Where, I like, Holly and him, it feels like he's not being... It's a good mix between Terry and Emma because it's, like, perfectly in the middle. I kind of like Shelby as well because I feel like that's his equal as far as, like, yeah. teaching and career... As far as yeah, his I career agree goes. But, okay. So she's like, I'm damaged goods. Basically, we can't be together. I tend to break nice guys it's like so you sad. into Wassa crackers. And he's like, what do you mean? I can handle you. And she's like, you married your high school sweetheart and fell in love with a virgin. Truth, T, T. She spelled T. 
I, yeah, she's right. But she's also right. She's like, you are not uh-huh. fit to handle me. <laughs> like, you are not, you don't have the capabilities, babe. I respect that you think you could, but you don't. It's a fine scene overall. I, I, I don't like the song choice, but I like the idea of it. I think if it was different people, it would be nice. Yeah. Because it's a great song. I fucking love Yeah. Amazing Prince. song. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Prince okayed it. Because this is before Prince died. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he seems like the type that, like, had a lot of control over his music and how it was used. So I'm sure he did. Wow, that shocks me. That makes me feel shocked. I mean, yeah, me too. But think about, like, I mean, obviously this is more contemporary than this, than Glee and everything like that. But think about the push Stranger Things had with Kate Bush recently. What? I, I haven't been following. Well, they used a Kate Bush song in Stranger Things, and now Kate Bush is, like, running up that hill, is trending, like, on Billboard, like, all around the world, all these, it's, like, trending on TikTok, all this stuff, it's, like, had a total resurgence, and now all these kids are finding out about Kate Bush and all of her music. So I can imagine these kind of older artists of an older generation see a show like Glee that does really well and has a really young audience, and they're like, yeah, I'll approve my song, like, maybe I'll get, like, these new generation will find me and like like my music if they like this song you know what i mean that makes sense because it's kind of what happened with stevie nicks which we'll get to the exactly. landslide performance very momentarily but yeah i have a note about this but basically okay so we get that scene between them and she's like no you're not good enough for me and then <laughs> we get one of my all-time favorite glee scenes which is oh, Bert and blaine me too like all-time favorite like probably top 10 Absolutely. one of my top 10 favorite glee scenes of all time where it's so nice. It's so nice. And it's so good that like Blaine went out of his fucking way again for Kurt. And Kurt had no idea too. Like it's not like Bert says like, oh, Blaine showed up at the mechanic yeah. and, you know, gave me this idea that I should talk to. It's like, no, Blaine did good to do good. And Kurt never found out about it. And that is the that yeah. is the mark of a truly good friend that he stood to gain nothing from it other than to help his friend and like look out for his friend and like. God, it's just such a good scene, too, of Bert being such a fucking good parent of actually listening, just literally listening to what Blaine is saying. To a teenager. Right, and most parents would literally clam up and be like, can you please leave? Like, this is my place of work. Like, no, he's in a macho environment, which mechanics are are like, of course, extremely Mm -hmm. macho environments, like very manly, dirty, grimy under the fingernails. We hate women. We hate queer people. Like... It's so, he's so against that though. Like Bert is so not like that. Yeah. That. He has such a sweet energy around him. He does. And like for everything that Glee got horribly wrong, it did some amazing stuff right. They got Bert. It did some amazing stuff right in this scene. Amazing. Yeah, literally. This scene probably helped so many queer kids and parents and families by just literally addressing how sex ed is limited and almost never inclusive of queer sex. Like I can literally picture a family sitting around the TV and maybe it's the only out kid in high school and he's out to his family, but they're kind of weird about it. And then they look at the kid and they're like, so is that how your high school is? And the kid's like, actually, yeah, it kind of is. And like, just imagine, yeah, like, you sucks. can just picture a, a conversation about this or a kid, like, listening to what Blaine is saying and being like, wow, he's kind of right. I probably should go on the internet and research it or talk about this with somebody that I trust because, like, it almost never happens at school. It's almost always about straight sex at school. Exactly. And I, I really like the point you bring up of, like, Bert doesn't tell Kurt that Blaine did this. Right. I really like that he 
keeps it to himself because I can see a, an alternate version of it where he's like, oh, Blaine came and talked to me. And then that drives something between Kurt and mm-hmm. Blaine because Kurt is going to be like, why are you interfering? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you talking to my dad about these things when he's so uncomfortable with mm-hmm. it, with himself? So he's like, don't bring my dad into this. Like, I don't want to talk about him either. So I think it's really nice that Burt is like protecting their relationship by not telling Kurt. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, he doesn't need to. He just needs to have the conversation with his... He needed a kick in the ass to have the conversation with his son. And Blaine did that. And the way Blaine does it is so... Perfect. It's so impactful. It's perfect because he's He's like... He's like, I'm blown away by your guy's relationship. And his honesty is just so good because like... It's so sad too because he's like, I'm so jealous of what you and your son have. I wish that I had that. And like him... Bert testing him with the carburetor thing is so funny. Yeah. And then they have that whole exchange about like, my dad didn't build cars with me because he thought I'd like it. Basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, he thought it would be make me straight. And it's like, that's so sad and gives you such an insight into like the Anderson family. And eventually we meet his brother and everything like that. And like that gives its whole other context. But for him to be so honest with like his friend's dad, who he doesn't know well, who's just some guy who's some mechanic and being like, you have this really amazing relationship you need to use that to your benefit and to Kurt's benefit. Right. And even Darren Chris's eyebrow acting unparalleled. And then when he says, I'm, am I overstepping? And Bert says, you, you are. are, but he's while smiling. Yeah. It's so good. Cause he's like, you're, you are overstepping and it is rude or not rude, but like weird for you to do this, but you're right to do this. Yeah. And it's just, it's a really, it's a really beautiful scene. It's really well written. It's really well acted too. So compelling. Like I almost wanted to rewind it and watch it again just because I was like blown away. I was like, wow. And the fucked up part of TV, right? Is like me and you are sitting here talking about this and being like, it's so meaningful. It's so impactful. And it's like, this is literally probably like six or seven people sitting in like a windowless office with fluorescent writing being like, (laughs) so how do we get them on this one? How do we like... Yeah, exactly. And they did. They got me. They did. Fundamentally, they got me. I love it. And it's just like, yeah, it's really, it makes, it it shows Blaine's character in a really nice light because he just wants well for Kurt. Right. At the end of the day, he just wants what's good for Kurt. And Bert feels the same way. So they have this mutual respect and understanding for their goal of like, we need to make sure this kid is okay. Right. And they have this, yeah, they have that baseline of their relationship is like for the rest of the show too is like how can we help kurt and like that's really beautiful to have to see kurt have that um support system and foundation considering like all the shit that he goes through throughout the whole season too specifically like it's nice to see him have someone on his in his corner so hard definitely love it it. all right and then we move on to landslide um they look so fucking gay in this scene like this is such a it's so gay. She's looking at Santana, staring at Brittany, and she's probably thinking, like, you just look at her face and her eyes, and, like, you just know that she's going through it mentally. She's thinking probably, like, you know, wow, Brittany looks so beautiful. She crushes and, like, it. I went and fell in love. Like, I kind of regret that. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm scared. Like, why did I go and fall in love? Like, it was just supposed to be sex. And it just, the scene fucking killed me. It literally killed me. Like, it's... It's so beautiful. It's such a perfect, again, perfect song choice for where these characters right. are. And Santana wearing bell bottoms. I'm obsessed. Right. And just Brittany <sighs> and Santana looking, both looking so scared at the realization that they have real feelings for each other. Like it's beyond the sex. It's yeah, yeah. Her, it's deeper than it that. It is deeper than that. And 
Gwyneth Paltrow sounds phenomenal in this scene. Yeah, like, why does she sound so damn good? They all sound so good. It's beautiful. I cry every time I listen to the song, any version. But, yeah, it's such a beautiful scene. And it's really... Their hug is so genuine. Right? Britney's, like, staring at her. And you know that in her mind, she probably feels, like, shocked that Santana is being so scared and anxious about it. Like, Santana's usually very on the defense, like, really strong. And, like, in this moment, she seems so vulnerable and scared. Like, Naya's acting her fucking ass off in this scene. And God. Yeah, it's really, it's nice to see her be so, so forthcoming with her emotions, even if it is through song and like her not explicitly saying it She always is with yet. Britney. Always, she yeah. She always is with Britney and she almost never is with anyone else. Oh my God, something we were, we wanted to talk about, we were texting about this recently, but like the Taylor Swift, the Swifty timeline of Santana and Britney and like how well Taylor's songs fit their relationship Okay, yes, we forgot to talk about this earlier, but yeah. So we were texting and we were listening to Cruel Summer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, which is one of the, my favorite Taylor songs at this point. It's a really good one. Her When she says, like, I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you, like, that is Britannia. The Britannia experience. That is it. And then, like, you were saying, like, eventually they sing mine. And it's, like, this really hard scene because, like, they're ending this relationship that they've built so, like, painstakingly over the years and, like, had all this trauma related to it of, like, Santana's coming out and Santana coming to terms with her feelings for Britney. And to sing this song as, like, an ending to it is so sad and so brutal. And then I forget the... Oh, my God. I should have screenshotted it because I'm I think trying, we were I'm, saying... I think we were talking about Dress because I was listening to Dress and oh I was my God. it to that Tegan and Sarah song. And I was saying that, like... It, it just, like, the the way that a lot of Taylor's songs... Okay, so first of all, everybody listening needs to know that I'm a gayler truther. I think that Taylor is at least slightly queer. <laughs> As am I. Right. And a lot of her songs... The reason I feel this way is because a lot of her songs that I feel represent or at least hint at her queerness are about, like, hiding a relationship in the shadows or not being able to tell the truth or like people not understanding the two people in the relationship or like people thinking that they understand a relationship, but they don't understand a relationship. And it's like, if all of this was a song about a man, who the hell would not understand that Taylor? And that's the part where I question yeah. people who are so adamant that she's not even slightly queer because like a little bit queer if she was a hundred percent straight then why would she sing so many songs about like this relationship is like tainted and like we have to hide it and nobody understands us and like yeah i want to i don't want to be your friend or like you like we were friends and now we're not and like just so many songs about that and not even tegan and sarah have that many songs about the queer experience so like and yeah, like specifically the experience, yeah, of just like hiding our relationship and right. being a secret and being sh- sh- the shame that is so like deeply embedded into queer relationships when you're first having them and like really experiencing that of just like, yeah, I don't know. Taylor has a lot of heavily, heavily queer coded songs. And eventually, again, I'm mentioning Michelle again. Eventually, we're going to have to have Michelle in the pod and we're going to have to talk about like the queer subtext of taylor swift discography because then you were texting and you texted me about like august is so specifically like this episode specifically when um 
Santana's like, oh yeah, like, I love you, be with me. And Brittany's like, no, I'm with Artie. Like, I can't just break up with him because of you. Like, that's not fair to him. And she sets this, like, really... She, I like that scene because it's Brittany setting, like, a really clear boundary and being like, hey, I understand that, like, you feel this way about me and I feel that way about you too, but, like, I also have feelings for him and, like, I care for him. And it's not fair to just disregard that because now, all of a sudden, you're coming to terms with how you're feeling. So, and, like, you were saying, like, August is really specifically that scenario of just, like... Okay, and tell me tell me why I'm literally playing it out loud so I can look at the lyrics <laughs> really quick. Because there was this one particular line that made me feel this way. Because the, the reason I felt this way is because after I had watched the episode, I... It just brought something in me that, like, from the August song specifically, where Britney isn't willing to, like, give up her relationship. And it's, like... The fact that she couldn't give up her relationship made Santana realize that, like, she never could have had her. Yeah. And, like, in August, there's this line that's like, you weren't mine to lose. Uh, I That's one of my favorite Taylor songs, like... Me too. I love August. I... And so, basically, so, the lyrics are, um, you weren't mine to lose. I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away in a moment of time because it was never mine. I can see us twisted in bed sheets. August sipped away like a bottle of wine because you were never mine. Come it's on. gay. It's gay. Come and that's so, yeah, that's Britanna, babes. Like, it is. Like, that's it. And that's specifically this episode of just like, because I feel like Santana has this kind of not ownership or like possessive nature, like possessive feelings. But that's her girl. That's her girl. That's her girl. So she that's has, it. she is possessive of Britney because she's like, that's my, that's my girl and she doesn't recognize why she feels so strongly about that and then in this episode obviously she does and she's like oh i love her i have feelings for her and it's deeper than that so then she can't like she has a hard time really wrapping her head around like why wouldn't she just be with me if i'm able to be honest now oh my so it's like because she was never she was never yours you never you never had that you thought you did because of the sexual relationship and your friendship, but like you were never romantic. You and, and like you were never in that specific scenario where you were each other's to lose because she like you couldn't do that. Imagine if Glee was still on air when Folklore was released. I I could not. I can't do it. Now the way I would have died. They would have had fucking oh Rachel singing Betty or some shit like that, and I would have been fucking out for the count. If, if they would have had Artie singing a single one of these songs. <laughs> no, because uh, when I say that, that would have been homophobic. They would do some fucked up... St- it would have been homophobic. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Who would they have had saying Exile? I was just going to say, let's go through it. Okay, the one. <laughs> the one. Um, I think they would have had Santana sing that. Really? Oh, no. Finchel. I think it would have been Rachel. Yeah, she would've, it would have yeah, been Finchel she because it about season Finn. two, they broke up, kind of. Cardigan, probably Quinn about yeah. about Finn, maybe? Because she, she basically yeah, says I to think him, so. like, I fucked up. Like, I never should have been with Puck. I should have stayed with you, pretty much. Last Great American Dynasty wouldn't have made it on. No. Exile might not have made it on. No, but I love it. I love that song. My Tears Ricochet, definitely Santana song. Look at all my tears, Oh, ricochet. yeah. Oh, my ah! God, yeah. Oh, I fucking know that's this so one. so good. good. Mirrorball. <laughs> I feel like every song on this fucking album could be about Britney and Santana. Oh, my God. I think Mirrorball... I think Mirrorball could have been either... Um, I think that would have been Santana specifically, but that's a very queer-coded song. It could also be a Kurt song. Yeah, I think... 
I think at this point, mm, I think Kurt is, now that he has, what's it called, Blaine, I think he's less so in the vibe of Mirabal. I think it's still very much Santana because she still eventually does the um, bully whips and all the Dave Karofsky stuff. So she is still putting on a front to everyone of like I know, who she but, wants but them to see Kurt, her as. But with we see him come out of the shadows and be more exuberant. Like as he gets more confident with Blaine's guidance, yeah. like I'm a Mirabal, you know? Oh, yeah, this is me trying as Santana. Yeah, this is me trying is definitely Santana. Seven, I don't know if Seven would have made it. Seven would have made it on. August would have made it on. That's a Santana song for sure. Yeah. Illicit Affairs. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> somebody tell me. Somebody on the, somebody who's listening fucking come and tell me why the fuck you could think that Taylor is not <laughs> queer when she's singing about Illicit Affairs. Tell me. Name one time. Okay, fine. I just thought of one. Stanley Tucci and Edie Falco. <laughs> but other than that, tell me about a time where there was ever an illicit affair between a man and a woman. She has nothing to hide. What does she have to hide? Was she? The only excuse could be if she was cheating with, or something. Like cheating that. with someone, but that's it. But even then, like when folklore was coming out, and uh, Michelle, please text us and correct me. I know you will anyway, but please do. Um. She was with Joe Alwyn, unless she wrote that way earlier, which I don't believe she did. And Joe Alwyn is literally one of the producers on Illicit Affairs. I think this was also her and her, like, I'm not writing songs about me era. It's like, okay, bitch, like, please. We, we don't we fucking know. believe you. I've seen the photo. You. I've seen the photo of you at the 1975 concert. Okay, I know what happened. I saw it. Maybe Joe believes you, but we don't believe you. Certainly, we do not believe you. <laughs> Wait, a, a quick aside. I've been watching that uh, Conversations with People show on Hulu. Uh-huh. He is sexy in that. He's sexy. Really? I didn't I didn't see it before. He just looked like some guy. I never got it. I was watching that and I was like, okay, I get it. He looks hot. Hmm. He's hot. Invisible String, gay. Gay. Oh, my God. That's clean. Invisible That's a clean song, baby. Invisible String is my all-time favorite Taylor Swift song, I think. You have phenomenal taste. And my second one is Wildest Dreams. Uh, oh my god. When they when she released the TV, like the Taylor's version of it, or like last uh-huh. last year, I listened to it for an hour straight walking home. I listened to it I listened to it forty times a day. <laughs> it's probably my most played song right now. Like my like end of year is so disgusting because it's just that song a lot of like um, I know that song. That and Cruel Summer are gonna be in my top five for this year. I I feel it. Okay, I have one more top three Taylor Swift song to tell you, and then we have to get back to this episode. But my third favorite Taylor Swift song of all time is Daylight. And can you tell that I love Lover? That is probably one of my all-time favorite. <sighs> Lover shows. has grown on me a lot. It's grown on me a lot I think recently. my favorites are Folklore, Lover, and... Oh, man. It's so hard because I really love 1989, but I also yeah. love Reputation. I'm really nostalgic for 1989. Getaway Car and Dress are Ugh. so good dress from is, Reputation, Dress though. is like top 10 favorite songs for me from her. Um, my top three favorite Taylor albums are Folklore Number 1, Fearless, and then Red. Mm. Those are my three. Honestly, I only have like two songs off of Red that I like. I get that. I was also like a Swifty when, that, when it first came out. So, like, it is, I am, like, very, I was in it, and I was deep in it back then. And, like, again, we'll have to bring Michelle on one day to talk about, like, all the queer relationships that we love and how deeply they are, like, how they can all be assigned Taylor Swift songs or something like that. Like, our favorite ships and what their Taylor Swift songs would be. 
because like Michelle is the end all be all Swifty. But yeah, Folklore is my number one. Folklore has like th- maybe three or four of my favorite Taylor Swift songs ever. All of my favorite Taylor Swift songs are on there pretty much. Yeah. Oh, The Lakes is so fucking good. August 7, Invisible String, Betty. The One, Betty, Cardigan, Peace, My Tears Ricochet, Bro, The Lakes, Betty co- Mirrorball. If Betty comes on when I'm in the shower, I'm like popping a blood vessel. I'm singing so hard. It's it's oh, dangerous. God. Like, I'm going to die. I, like, will, my face is beat red. When I sing, when I sing along to Betty... Like, I'm next level. I go feral when that song comes yeah, out. Yeah, like, I'm like, winning a Grammy. I love when she says fuck. I love when she <laughs> says fuck. Oh. Oh, my God. Wait. We have to move on. We can't keep doing this. We have to move on. We're just going to end up talking about okay. Taylor Swift for four hours. We need to move on. Oh, my God. Oh my okay, God. okay. We go back to the boring-ass celibacy club. Ugh. Rachel is... um. Her hair looks great here. Rachel's hair looks so looks good so in the good. performance of afternoon delight oh my god i love when she puts her finger in her ear when she's doing that run <laughs> it's very like 70s diva like it's so funny but i just want to say i actually love this cover and like the song is kind of good <laughs> they sound really good i like it right like it's a song that i like kind of like but i really like this version i think they all sound really nice they sound really good like i fucking love this cover like sometimes i just randomly listen to it and every time it comes on i'm like yay like i kind of love this song (laughs) carl's hot emma's so stupid right just befuddling Mm -hmm. okay so next up we get an amazing burt scene of him just literally being the best dad and just being like look kurt i want to do this even less than you do i thought that was so real because it's not like he's even pretending to be like that comfortable sexually open dad he's being real he's like look i'm fucking uncomfortable too and like we got to suffer together like you need to hear this i'm your dad you know yeah 100 percent. he's like it's really it's really honest it's very real and like grounded and it's nice to hear him talk about it and be like and Kurt be like a baby about it. And Bert put his foot down and be like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to this. Did your parents give you a sex talk or no? Um, My parents, my dad, one time me and my parents went out shopping and my mom ran into the store and my dad and I stayed in the car. And my dad tried to have the talk with me. And I said, dad, I took a uh, health class and I have the internet. It's okay. And he said, okay, cool. And like, that was it. <laughs> Okay, that's easy. That's way easy. I was like, Dad, I I took health class a couple times already. Like, I've done, I know, I have the internet. It's all good. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, cool. It's like, he was, he tried. I appreciate the effort. But like, uh, no. My parents, it's really weird how my parents literally did the same thing. And I kind of wonder if it was like an orchestrated effort. But like, I have step parents. So both my sets of parents, like, gave me a book. And they were just like, here you go. And like, if you have any questions about anything in these books, like let us know. But basically, I kind of learned it all on my own. And, you know, honestly, I will say that like Tumblr. Yeah. Like helped me. Oh my God. Yeah. When I told my dad I had the internet, I meant I had Tumblr. Like truly plugged in, bro. I know what's I know what's happening out there. I know what's going on. But yeah. And then the part where he's like, can I make you some toast? Oh, it's so such a good dad. It's so cute. Uh Uh-huh. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah, of course. Always. Thank God that Kurt's first time was with Blaine and not some evil jerk. Yeah. And like, I I really like the, like, 
when Bert talks about like make sure you give yourself to people who like mean something and everything like that and like because like you could just have sex whatever like believe me yeah. I've we've been there but it's not he's right it's like you should don't treat yourself poorly right by having sex with people who don't matter so it is nice right. that that eventually Kurt's first time is with someone who cares about him so much and has from the get-go right he like heeded the advice basically yeah and it was good advice but the way I literally heaved a sigh when it was over and then Bert did too I like I literally went like <sighs> and then Bert literally did the same thing I was like me too buddy like I'm we're in it together here literally poor poor Carl and like this next scene is so uncomfortable. Um, he says that they're cuddle monsters. They cuddle too much. And then, like, Emma's, like, nervous giggling. She's so uh, uncomfortable in a way that, like... A lot, and, like, when Kurt was uncomfortable, I had empathy. And, like, I understood because mm-hmm. he's a teenager or whatever. Like, I just... I For some reason, I don't have it for her in this episode. I, like, I don't have the empathy for her. I get really confused. By yeah, because it's like, even if she, they had a conversation of her being like, I'm asexual, like, I don't want to have sex. Like, it's not something I want or need. I think that would be a better That would have been way better. Way better to handle, like, her aversion to sex because there isn't, I don't understand. And again, if you know and we're missing something, please, like, message us. Yeah, please reach out and let us know because the only thing that I can tell so far is just that she has feelings for Will and she doesn't want to do it with Carl because she's still in love with him. That has to be yeah. it. But if it isn't, please tell us. I would love to know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're an Emma stan and you want to come and cape for her in our ads, we respect that and we actually encourage it because we are lost. We will not be Googling it. We will not be Googling never. it. Never. I will never Google it. Um, There are times when I find her charming, but it really is just so heavily dependent on the episode because like, I can't stand her in this episode. When Holly looks at her and she says, he's hot, you're 30. I'm like, exactly. Like, babe. Right. And that's why the only possible solution is like, probably that she's still in love with Will. Because when you, they even ask him, is it because you're still in love with Will Schuster? And she's like, I'm very confused by my feelings. And then Carl's like, I'm going to stay at the Radisson. Very sad. Yeah, very sad, honestly. That is the waste of some fine man butt, as Holly says about Will. And then when fucking at the end, when he's like, thank you, doctor. And she's like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> she's like, not a doctor. She's like, I'm not a doctor. I don't even like those doctor shows unless people have bombs strapped to them. And I was like, oh, she's a gray stan. Uh, okay, Meredith, gray stan. Gray stan. I see you. I That's see you. That's what my note says, too. Yep, same. I was like, oh, Holly lives for grays. She's a gray stan. Um, okay. And then moving on from that boring ass scene, we get the amazing Hurt Locker scene. One of the best scenes in the episode. History lesson. I literally memorized this entire scene word for word. I wish anyone was surprised. And and I had a a very best friend named Amber in high school. And Amber is really special to me. She was one of my first friends that I ever came out to in real life that I actually knew from my hometown and not from online world. And I used to make her rehearse it with me. That's so gay. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. At the time, she was also like madly in love with Lady Gaga because Born This Way had just come out. This is in 2011. So she had a huge poster of Lady Gaga on her wall. Also gay. I love this. Yeah. That's really fucking funny. I think the most important part is when she actually is able to articulate why she is so angry and defensive all the time. So like she literally says that like, 
performing the song with her made her do a lot of thinking. Like, she's actually very articulate in this scene. Yeah, she's really open and, like, uh, mature about her feelings in this scene and, like, has the way to verbalize them. Literally. She's like, I realize why I'm such a bitch all the time. I'm a bitch because I'm angry. And basically the anger traces back to you because I have feelings for you that I'm scared of. And she literally, when she says feelings for you, I don't know if you caught this, but she literally looks over her shoulder as yeah. somebody in a, in a um, Letterman jacket walks by. And it's just, it's just such a great, like. She like whispers like, it too. Yeah. Feelings for you. That I'm afraid of dealing with because I'm afraid of dealing with the consequences. And then we have, of course, a funny Santana humorous, you know, I can't go to an Indigo Girls concert, <laughs> which is just so good. And they also but... mentioned like what Kurt went through and everything like that and how awful right. it was and how scared she is of that. Like she, Brittany's like, yeah, but you'll just like get them with your vicious, vicious words. And she's like, I'm more scared of what they're going to say behind my back. It's not about what they're going to say to me. It's what they're going to say, what they won't say to me, which is right. so, so real when like about yep. like. Like we, every queer kid has had, well, most queer kids probably have had that experience of somebody whispering and saying like, you know, I don't want to be in the locker room with her. Like it's a really like borderline universal experience for a queer kid in high school of just being like, oh, I know people are talking about me behind my back and there's nothing I can do about it because like nobody will believe me even what I would even say. So, but so yeah, she's like still, even though I'm scared of that, I have to accept that I love you and I don't want to be with Sam or Finn or any of those other guys. I just want you. And then she's like, desperate she's so desperate to have her say but she's like please say you love me back please like we never see her be that yeah like, desperate desperate or she, what for me this this moment exactly tells me that she is terrified of vulnerability and rejection that's the two things that she's scared of in this moment she's probably fine being alone it's that she's so madly in love with britney and this is the first time she's actually had the words to express that and yeah. just coming out of the closet and literally being like I can't believe it but I have feelings for a girl I literally fell in, I went and fell in love with a girl and that's you and like I can't bear the idea of me going through this entire process of vulnerability and self-expression for you to reject me which of course is what Brittany does she's like you know I would totally be with you if it weren't for Artie and she's like Artie and she's like I love him too I, I don't want to hurt him that's not right and then she's like yes you can he's just a stupid boy and it's like Saying what we're all thinking. But also I have a lot of respect for Brittany in this scene because she is setting mm -hmm. a boundary and being like, just, I'm happy for you and I love you. And like, obviously we have this really intimate, special relationship. But like, just because you're, com you're coming to terms with your feelings doesn't mean you get to discredit my feelings as well. And that's valid. But I think also Brittany having sex with Santana... I think they're both wrong in certain aspects and they're both right in certain aspects. Like Santana's right to assume that, hey, Brittany, now I'm finally putting a name to our feelings, which is what you told me you wanted earlier in the bedroom when she was doing her hair. And she was like, you know, I wish that our feel that our relationship had feelings the way mine and Artie's does. And then Santana finally expressed her feelings and she's like backtracking now. You know, that's really shitty to make Santana do the hard work of like, coming to terms with how she feels about Britney and actually expressing it and going that extra step to be vulnerable because she asked for for it and then Britney to backtrack and be like no I, I can't do that I'm still with Artie like yes and no and I think Britney could have maybe expressed it a little sooner 
before it got so deep. I 100% agree. She could have expressed it a little sooner and been like more explicit with like, you need to come to terms with how you feel and why you feel this way. And like, I'm going to be there to support you. But like, that doesn't mean that I'm going to just like immediately drop my current relationship because obviously, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's something Santana had to come to terms with regardless. And yeah, she like at the end of the day, she like needed to do that work. She needed to. Yeah. So it's like at the end, at the end of the day, it was right. You got there. We got to the right, uh, conclusion conclusion yeah but just like with a difficult path but i i i i, I do uh, yeah britney should have been more explicit at being like i i'm happy for you but like at the beginning being like i know how you feel this way you need to figure it out i know you how you feel you need to know how you feel and put words because also it. she's lying to artie yeah and she's also cheating on artie which is shitty too yeah but also okay she's being santana's like manipulating her and being like it's not cheating so she's like, because she's like an idiot. Yeah, but also like, Brittany can stop being so dumb. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she can. I know, but I know, but it's annoying. I know. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that, I think it's a, a a dynamic scene for like episode for Brittany too in a lot of ways because she is like so supportive but also really standing on her own in a lot of ways even though she may not be doing the right thing all the time I still like this episode for her yeah so she's like Santana you have to know if Artie and I were to ever break up you know dot 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 basically saying that they would be together and she's like I'm lucky enough you're still single but Santana like can't believe her ears and gets really mad and then Brittany's like I'm so yours, proudly so. And I just want to call out the Britannia shipper on Tumblr who got that tattooed. I hope you're doing okay, my friend. I don't know who you are, but... How did you not get that tattooed? Are you kidding me? I just thank my lucky fucking stars that I didn't get, like, the Deathly Hollows tattooed <laughs> on my body when I was that age, okay? I'm praying for anybody who has a Harry Potter tattoo. Yeah, God fucking bless. And then she gets pissed off. She's like, get off me, and she runs away. And then I fast forwarded the 20 seconds through the Puck and Lauren scene. Exactly. And they cut to the celibacy club. And now, like, a lot of people are in it. Like, Santana and Artie and Brittany are in it. And it's like, what? When? Like, why? Right. And then Rachel's like, one day we're going to fall in love with someone and choose to be intimate with them. And then we see Santana sadly glancing at Brittany, who is all over Artie. Yeah. Santana looks hot in this fur-lined vest. Anytime she's wearing fur, it's such a it's such a good look. Yep. And then we get Puck who says who calls out Quinn's hickey and he says that he's a hickey connoisseur, which brings me to the note that I was telling you about earlier. <laughs> I I need to point out the Kanicki slash Puck similarities. Um, there are just so many parallels. Like yeah. hickey experts, hickey for Kanicki, it's like a Hallmark card, remember? Yeah, and also they're so slutty and Fauxhawk, bad boys. They fuck the popular girl and cause a pregnancy scare. He makes fun of his best friends for breaking off of the pack for doing extracurriculars. And he makes fun of his best friends for dating the prissy good girl. Like... It's true. I... They're like one and the same. It is unfortunate for for Kaniki. Yeah. I mean, Kaniki is way hotter. And if I had to pick between them, it would be Team Kaniki 100%. Absolutely. And also then we cut to like the, the actually... Finn and Quinn in the bed. Ew. Fuck you, Quinn. Such a boring pair. Like, I... And I like Quinn. Like, obviously, I've talked about it every episode. 
but I find her so boring with Finn. I Finn is literally the issue. I like Rachel when I like Rachel, and then when she's with him, she's annoying. I like Quinn when she's with him, she's annoying. Like he's the issue. Yeah. Because at least Quinn um, is crazy when she's not with him, and that's entertaining. I like my women sociopathic. Oh my god! Thank God! Thank God you didn't end up fully straight. <laughs> Yeah, it's a blessing. Okay, so then we cut back to Holly and Will, and Holly fucking dodged a bullet. Um, she, thank God she decided not to stay at the school and date Will, but then she says a comment that kind of confused me, because she's like, maybe we can make it work long distance or whatever. I don't remember this relationship going anywhere, though. Like, I don't remember them having, like, a scene where they go on a date or they hang out with each other. Maybe I just blocked it out. Yeah, they start dating in Sexy. They stop dating in Night of Neglect. Okay, gotcha. So they only I date do. a couple episodes. It's like a very... Okay, short arc. Because Gwyneth Paltrow is like a big guest star. Mm-hmm. So... I have this theory that like, if you guest star on Glee, you're either at the height of your career or at the like end of it begging for work. Yeah, it's really, it's one, it's hit or miss. It's literally, that's, those are the two options. You're either at the height of your career and everyone's like so happy to see you and you're like super, super, super famous and everyone's like shocked or you're like washed up nobody and people are like, what the hell are you doing on here? Yeah, I don't know where Gwyneth, Gwyneth was definitely famous, like still super famous. She was super famous in 2011. Are you kidding? Because she had Goop. Or she still has Goop, but Goop was like making headlines on a daily or weekly basis in And she was one of the first Marvel girlies too at this point. Right. Because of Iron Man. So, right. yeah. I hate that we know that. I know. Um, I really, yeah, I like them together. It's unfortunate that they don't last longer, but I am, ass- I'm assuming yeah. it was some stupid contractual thing. Mm-hmm. I think they would have been a good pair. And then probably like... Emma would have been heartbroken too because they had already built up the Emma storyline so much that like she had to end up with Will. It would have been like if Finn and Rachel didn't end up. Yeah, it wouldn't have made sense. And I still think they would have gotten there eventually if we had gotten like another couple episodes with Holly. Right. Yeah, either way. It's still fun to see. All right. And that's that's sexy. Such a good fucking episode. Quick little episode. Good little scenes. Yeah. Like the scenes that are big are like legendary. Yeah, like monumental. But then there's some good filler in there, too. Yeah, I think so, too. And and the performances are pretty good. Yeah, I like them. I think overall, I like all the performances. I think the only one I have issue with mostly is the Warbler one, and that's because how their voices sound. But I think that might be, hopefully, it's only on the TV and not the recording. Yeah. Alrighty. So for next week, have you decided what episode we're going to be listening to? I mean, watching? Hell fucking yes. Next week, we're going to be watching season two, episode six, Never Been Kissed. (gasps) Oh my God. Are you kidding me? That is, we will be talking about Teenage Dream at length. Oh my God. (sighs) I'm so excited. That episode's going to be so good. I have a feeling that episode is going to be really long. (laughs) Juicy. That episode is going to be juicy. I'm so fucking pumped to rewatch this episode. Oh my goodness. But yeah. If you want to watch along, watch Never Been Kissed. If not, and you just want to listen, feel free to not watch along. It's fine. I know a lot of people aren't watching along, and I think that's so fun. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. You could follow us at YK That Episode on Instagram and Twitter. All of our links to everything are in the bios and all that fun stuff. 
So find it there. And then leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and a little rating. That would be really nice and really helpful for us to continue boosting up our audience and just get the word out about the podcast. So if you like it, let us know. Yeah, tell your friends, especially your deranged gay friends. (laughs) You know you have at least one. (laughs) And if you don't, there's an issue. Right? But that's it. That was sexy. That was sexy. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my god, he's online! Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.